<laughs> We've already got some disappointed folks. Um, not hockey right now, but oh man, coming no. up this weekend, we we've got some fun news to talk about. But tonight, we are prepping up for for all AEW style. So uh, maybe not hockey, but um, yeah, sorry, performance art. <laughs> yeah, there's still gonna be some teeth flying, some fists flying. You're gonna love it. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Uh -huh. Uh oh, and then they disperse. All right, we'll, we'll quietly leave. Welcome to an all-out driving. Anaya <laughs> Jax, don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it, Charlotte. Matt, this is a Charlotte slapping. Kabam! A Lesnar returning. A Boogs cruising episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Matt, we're going to talk AEW's go-home show, go-home week. Um, uh, before Punk's AEW wrestling debut... Uh, this weekend, Matt, we're going to run through that whole all-out card. Some major NXT shakeups. Oh, no. Um, not not the shakeup you would you would pick, um, I don't think. It's a lot like when you get a, a blizzard at Dairy Queen, and you could get a Reese's Cup, you could get a Butterfinger, and you go with nerds. Oh, no, not nerds. Matt, we're going to talk the ascent of the most metal man in professional wrestling. We're going on a Boogs cruise, baby. All that and time along, maybe a little bit more. Matt, as always, it's a hot, spicy week of wrestling. How are things over there? What's going on? Uh, it's 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 bed rough. We uh, we're going through sleep regressions right now. We're trying to get rid of binkies, and uh, it's it's late night. So we just got baby girl down. Uh, so it was it was getting pretty close. We we're getting a little worried there that uh, this was going to have to be pushed back. Uh, but it, it's all it's all good. What um, about uh, my man with the little piggy nose, Teddy? <laughs> Teddy's great. Uh, he he went right to sleep. He's he just yeah, had a baby. rough day throughout the day. He cried all day because he couldn't poop. So that that's a thing for anybody who's uh yet to be a parent. Maybe they've got one on the way. Uh, some days your kid just cries all day because he can't get his poop out, and um. Wife comes home, she uh, holds him for maybe 15 minutes. He takes That's... a massive dump in her arms. And uh, man, and you gotta get a little tighter on your hugs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta say, I I'm uh, I'm doing really good right now because uh, our man Tristan got um, the package we sent him for being a good buddy, for being a good fan of the brothers of discussion. It's all you gotta do, you gotta be. Got to be a good Tristan. You got to be. That, that's. That, we should make a video and show all the times that Tristan's given us great ideas for the show, and then say, you know, don't be a so and so. Be a Tristan. And uh, Tristan, I like. I'm so glad you got that package because I'm always holding my breath when we send this stuff out. <laughs> it's like, please, God, make it because I don't want it to look like we just said, hey, we're gonna send you stuff, and then nothing ever comes. Uh, so I, I'm thrilled for that reason, but you, yeah, you don't want your gifts to be uh CM Punk, you know, it was seven right. years of maybe, oh, maybe, and finally it did arrive. So we're glad that Matt, just like CM Punk's return, our gifts actually make it, yeah. Um, and uh, at, at the very least, I hope it works as a bribe to keep you as a fan and keep you coming back. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just like uh, CM Punk ice cream pop, yeah, exactly. 
Man, where can the beautiful people find us? We got to jump into this show. We yeah, we're about at uh, BOD Podcast for all the uh, Twitter conversations. Uh, you'll find us uh, going pretty hot this weekend for uh, for All Out. Of course, we're going to continue discussing that. I still haven't gotten my tweet out to say we're live right now. So hopefully we'll have a few more buddies join us in a minute. But uh, it's brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. I just realized I've been looking at my at our Twitch page, which I'm trying to share on Twitter instead of looking at the camera. So just staring at myself, staring at myself, staring at myself. That's what the show is all about, man. It's all Give about a man a podium to look yourself. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, oh, and we have our, our wonderful shop page where um, that's where we hook Tristan up. Uh, I think I have a new photo. Yep, there it is. Uh, we do have a Red Wings rant stuff, but of course, as the Brothers of Discussion, you can get your logo wear, you can get your I listen to the Brothers of Discussion. We have our sister of discussion t-shirts, and of course, our hot tag. Um, what would you call that? What what, what what's that called? Uh, section, hot hot tag shirts. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to support us, that that's the best way. They're nice and cheap, and uh, I like to think they're pretty cool. If anybody has any suggestions for a t-shirt, throw them out there. Try not to be too crude. <laughs> Because I think they get taken down from the site. Uh, so. Oh, what? Um, what, do you, what do you mean? Have we had some taken down? Uh, we've had some uh, vulgar suggestions, which I thought were hilarious. I just, uh, when I tried to make it into a t-shirt, I just looked at it and I said, I can't put this online. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's all that needs to be said about that. The more I say... The worse it gets. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. And wow. Mike, let's let's jump into the show. What a bunch of intrigue. I know we want to talk. This is probably going to be an AEW heavy episode, but my God. Um, can we talk about there's actually something interesting on Raw? <laughs> Absolutely. Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax. Um, a match I think uh, most of us had a similar reaction to uh, when we saw it booked. Uh, collective yawn. Uh, a lot of the people in attendance were, uh, were not too into it. And that shit got real. Um, there was uh, arguably some uh, questionable uh, maneuvers by uh, both wrestlers. Um, looked like maybe Charlotte took a bump to the back of her head on a back body suplex from Nia. Um, Charlotte maybe got a little stiff in her submission moves, and then it digressed into some some pretty stiff slaps. Um, and Nia, Nia uh, seeming to break character and... Uh, break the fourth wall where she basically stopped selling for Charlotte, uh, stopped wrestling and they had a very brief, um, I would say Andre the giant in Japan, scary moment where it looked like Nia was just done. I'm not wrestling anymore. Don't test me, Charlotte. Um, and this could not be a more fascinating story and I can't wait for more of this to occur. Uh, but it did look like Charlotte was making, a, a total life like flashing before her eyes as she sat in the ring after that match uh, because it looked like she can't wait to join Andrade on Wednesday nights. Matt, was uh, was this a fascinating moment for Charlotte or a breaking point for Charlotte? Because oh man, there there was uh, there was a lot of emotion in that ring that on uh, on Monday. Let's go back to that that old uh, taco shell and tortilla commercial where the sweet little girl goes, "Why not both?" Because um, absolutely, it's both. That was 
That was very intriguing. Um, I think it absolutely is a breaking point because I, I feel like right now, like Amy said, uh, bitches, bitches been crazy on Raw. I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just like, I, I think she's got so many things going for her, and uh, and I don't mean in, in pro wrestling. I just mean in life in general. And yeah. if she could sync those things up to pro wrestling, I think it would be so much easier. And I'm, I'm sort of referring to Burgess jumping ship and going with Andrade, where Andrade seems to be having a lot more fun. Uh, he's actually on TV. Um, you know, if we pull we pull like, up our episode thumbnail, he's actually featured on the All Out poster. Uh, yeah. So this, this this is you know things can we just juxtapose. Can we juxtapose something real quick? Sure. Like you know Adam Cole, like he goes backstage at AEW. You know that. And, like, he and Britt Baker still online keep up the kayfabe that they're different companies. You know, they, you know, rarely see each other on, like, the Instagram feeds and stuff like that. But Charlotte and Andrade just paint their walls with each other. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. and I get it. It's some pretty hot pictures, let me say. Um, but it definitely feels like they're kind of rubbing it in, like, yeah, I can do whatever I want because I'm the queen. But it also kind of feels like, eh, fuck it. What are you gonna do? Fire me? I'm a, I'm your biggest draw. In case of emergency, you make me the champion every month. So what are you gonna do? <laughs> so it's uh I, I guess just the just the 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 difference there, Matt. Um, between how Britt and Adam treat their relationship, very real relationship, and keep it separate business wise, and Charlotte just you know throwing up a couple stone cold birds, and eh, seems like she's kind of. She's kind of done with keeping this a secret. Um, I don't know. Every time somebody seems a little upset, it's you know it's AEW time. But I mean, I mean, it's Andrade, right? It's her. It's her. It's the love of her life is over there, and uh, she seems a little fed up, especially with uh, <laughs> latest latest example is this this clash with with the very unprofessional Naya. Matt, we, we know the resume, right? We know a lot of dangerous moves uh, have come at her expense. It's also just kind of nature of the beast, um, so to speak, when, you know, you're easily the largest person in the division and you're fighting a lot of people who yeah. weigh, you know, 110, 115 pounds. But I guess it feels just a little bit different when it's, when it's you know, the show pony, when it's your golden goose. Um yeah, I think when it is the woman that they turn to, you know, to run things. And I guess if you're going to break that person's spirit, I, I don't know what else you say about that that division. If if you if you get Charlotte out, um, that's a that's a big chunk, man. That's a lot of eyeballs uh, averting to another program if she leaves. So. I, I don't know, Matt. I guess I guess my question for you is: Are there going to be repercussions for Naya, or are we going to get an extended feud out of this? Well, I think they've already announced that they're going to be fighting on Monday, so I I don't know if Naya is even like fully to blame. I I feel like this is something that they tried to settle in the ring, and that's something that we used to applaud. We used to say, "Wow, that's really cool." Uh, so I, I'm not even really looking at Naya and going, Man, "I can't believe she ruined this segment." I, I, I think it was just the heat of the moment. Um, I think you were right where you say these things happen. Guess why? Because we're, we're watching pro wrestling. Damn it, we're not. <laughs> you know, 
We're not watching the stage play. Um, when I talked to, there, I want you to, I want you to touch on this too, because when Amy uh, mentioned it to me, um, she just talked about a complete lack of professionalism between both of them. Um, because both of them kind of stopped wrestling. They stopped wrestling and they were, you know, doing stiff potatoes at each other. Yeah. So I guess how would you book that this Monday since they've already decided this is worthy of a match? What would you do with it on Monday? I love that you asked this question because this is kind of where I wanted to take this after they announced that uh, they were going to face each other again. Is that like anybody that's watching this, you have to watch out for like the fake stiffness. You know what I mean? Like uh, it, it's it's going to be something where they want to try and recreate that, but it's just not it's not going to feel right because it's going to feel like when they brought in a bunch of fake fans to storm the ring for Daniel Bryan before WrestleMania 30, you know, like they, they're going to go, Oh, this is pretty hot. And, and not realize that we just liked it because it, it went away from their dumb story and there were two real people in the ring. And instead what they're going to do is try and take that realism, muddy it with their own garbage instead of just going, you know what? We got to chalk this up and realize that the fans like this. Uh, but we can't milk it, you know, for all it's worth right now because it's not going to go over the same way and just try and figure something else out. But I absolutely believe 1000% that they're going to try and milk everything out of it. It's going to look even clunkier because they're going to try and be stiff again. Um, and I think, you know, part of the, the worry here too, like you mentioned with, um, I mean, this is not Charlotte is Charlotte fed up with what's going on. I, I, I think. I think that's true. I think she just doesn't like the light that she's in. And I, I don't know. I mean, like, listen, it's man, just, I if think, you keep pushing her, she's just going to give up. I think you're right on the money, uh, knowing that I, I, I don't know if the first time it was real. I don't know. I know it felt real. But the first time Nia Jax said, my hole. And then every week she had a new hole gimmick. You know what I mean? So I don't know if this is going to. It's just going to be in the same vein where she's going to accidentally, you know, like you said, work a little stiff with Charlotte. And I, I, I guess what I would do is keep them apart for a little bit because, to, and then like bring them back at Extreme Rules. I, I don't want to see them fight every week. Um, I think that they we, they should have some real payoff. That it gets a little, it gets just uh, that 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 fine wrestling line that Vince always likes to touch, where it, it feels real. But and, instead, they're going to do it every week and turn it into a segment, which, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe those women will find a way to make some money out of it. But I wish they could find a way to keep them separate for a little while. Yeah, Amy's right there, too. Uh, they need to be apart. I, 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 I don't know if it's like, do you book it to say, all right, we're going to jump into realism and you're going to have, um, an authority figure say, no, these two actually got into a fight. They need to be separated and then have them, you know, and, and this is all kayfabe, but they, they bump into each other while they're headed to the ring and you get a shouting match that doesn't really end in anything or any fisticuffs, but you let that kind of build and build for may maybe a couple of months. That wouldn't hurt. Let's get this sucker to survivor series. Let's do Let's do a real fight. We'll have Charlotte's team versus uh, Nia Jax's team. And then you could build that into a, you know, eventually some championship uh, matches. I, I think there's a huge opportunity there. Um, but, you know, like we like we just said, it's not going to happen. They're going to 
book the hell out of this thing, overbook it, overproduce it, ruin it. It won't be fun. We won't even want to go back and watch the stiff punches. Or the only time we'll go back and watch it is when Charlotte actually leaves. Uh, Mike? Yeah. Matt, let's talk about something we are excited about. Yeah. Um, God bless Dolph Ziggler. Matt, I'm going to give him a lot of credit here because uh, he doesn't get enough. Yeah. And people give him grief. Why, why are you winning titles? Why, you know, why are you at the top of the company? And he usually brushes it off when people ask him that on social media. And Matt, he has such a goddamn important job and it's getting over the young guys, the fresh faces, the guys the we bucks. don't know anything about. Absolutely. The young bucks, if you will. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is getting over our hero, our, our metal God ascended from the heavens. Uh, blessed by, I, I imagine Dio and, and Lemmy himself, Matt Books, Eric Bugenhagen, Eric Boogs, Rick Boogs. Matt, he goes by many names, but uh, he is going to be running SmackDown. I, I I can't believe this is this is happening. I can't believe that it's it's not more of a slow burn with this guy. We we put a guitar in his hands, and now he's he's in a singlet. Um, that is airbrushed to look like he's wearing overalls, which I I don't know whose idea that was, but somehow it's it's working. And man, the the crowd is getting into his announcement. They're finishing Rick Boogs for him. Mm -hmm. They're doing the Shinsuke Nakamura. Matt, it's working. Do we have Matt is 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 one of the number one reasons for this after Boogs now has won tag team matches. And he won his first singles match in a singlet against Dolph Ziggler. Matt, how much credit do you give uh, Mr. Ziggler uh, for helping Boogs? Um, well, how much credit? Uh, how much credit did we dole out when Rusev Day was created, and we all were <laughs> in love with that and <laughs> singing along and having fun? I mean, uh, I, I think a lot of this has to go to Rick. Uh, I it just doesn't it's too it's too goofy it's too like yeah whatever go give it a shot you know what i mean like yeah and and you don't just oh well can you hit these high notes and and really roll you know on the on the mora no it's it's all just yeah let's let's give rick boogs a shot there's a stupid podcast online that doesn't shut up about him uh so maybe other people will like him um <laughs> he means us yeah us we had boogenhagen watch <laughs> um but yeah this is this is a thousand percent in my book this is all the credits going to rick boogs i i that's the thing is that this is exciting we talked about it last week i was editing last week's episode and i got sad because you asked like where is the ceiling for rick boogs and i said this is it this is this is he hit it he's getting squished up on the top right now it's <laughs> gonna be completely flat he keeps gorilla pressing that ceiling higher and higher, Matt. I I mean, I hope. I really um, think this guy's the limit with this guy. Well, here's how it gets ruined. They're going to do some dumb bullshit where he's going to beat up Nakamura and we're all going to hate that he did that. And they're going to get one fucking feud out of it. And then he'll disappear forever. You know what? No, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, no I'm not going into your pessimism. Tell me man. I'm fucking right. I think Nakamura is going to be that trampoline to launch Boogs up into the into stratosphere. What? Into what? Matt, 
then he feuds with Tony Storm. I don't know, man. He can do whatever he wants. This means that Nakamura has to hold on to the title forever, <laughs> and Rick Fuchs has to be content with it, with staying as as the sidekick. No, which man. I think this is this be. is just his baby his baby face run, right? I, think about when he turns I heel. Guess. He's just gotta he's just gotta tune his guitar down, do a detuning. Just do prepare that, that, yourself, Mike. I I know it hurts to hear. No. I am doling out the truth. I am right now. Friend of the show does you. not agree with you. Yeah, you tell him, Clegane. You tell him. Good boy. Now I got to tell YouTube there's kids in the video. Showing off your kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm just so happy for Boogs. Um, he, he, they treat him. Um, they book him like a powerhouse. And, you know, Dolph is, you know, helping out with that gorilla press, making it look like a billion bucks. And uh, all he's doing is throwing out uh, pump handle after pump handle slam. Um, he gets to use some mat wrestling. Um, he gets to show off his charisma. He's hopping around the ring. He's he's head banging around the ring. I, I I don't know. I mean, we saw how far Otis went. He won a freaking money in the bank. Matt, here's my hot tag question of the day. Yeah. Oh right. Do I get a graphic for that? Um, give me Mike, a graphic. You want a graphic? You want a graphic? You you want the best. You got the best. <laughs> Man, Otis had Royal Rumble spots. He had Mania spots. He had Mandy Rose. Matt, does Boogs eclipse that highlight? Hmm. Now, when you, can I ask a follow-up question? Because when you yeah. ask, does he eclipse that? Do does that mean like? So you're saying the ride's over for Otis, even though he's still kind of got a storyline. So I, I just need Boogs to eventually be better than what Otis is doing right now. I feel like Otis actually had people behind him, like they were excited for that storyline, and obviously you want to give you know Mandy uh, a bunch of credit for that. Um, but it takes two to tango. And I think people rooted for that underdog. I, I, I think he got genuine, you know, excitement behind him. Um, his spots are, are memorable. Um, even if, you know, it was, we did cringe a little bit when he was the chosen one for the money in the bank contract, but it was still like a, like a memorable fun thing, uh, like storyline to watch evolve every week. As he, uh, you know, broke away from stakes and weights and kind of became his own dude. Um, and he was well, countered on for a lot of comedy segments. Um, I don't know if Boogs is going to exclusively be comedy, but do you think that we're going to have, is, is he going to be that memorable dude that we could think about, you know, in, in years to come? Well, didn't we see it today then? You know, you, you, you mentioned the Gorilla Press, the whole reason we're doing this segment. So he showed off, you know, some versatility, right? Um He's yeah. owning who they want this character to be. And I think right now we get to see that there's potential for him to do a lot more than this. Uh, there's there's at least some strength there. And you need charisma to actually get onto TV. I, I think there's some level of that. And then there's so many guys there that are athletic. And then they, they never get the TV time that Boogs is getting. Boogs got an entertainment segment on, on SummerSlam where it was just straight up you're going to go out there and just be Rick Boogs. We don't even need you to wrestle. And that filled up five minutes of SummerSlam airtime. So today to see him 
pull off a, a feat of strength. And, uh, you know, I, I think if we had to pick Mike, uh, not that we're, we're trying to like over sexualize what's going on, but, um, Oh boy. You know, bringing up Val. I don't, don't want to talk. Ladies. <laughs> I don't want to talk. I don't really want to look at Otis, uh, that much. So this, you know, oh, you talk about no. trying to sell a professional wrestler. How about this? Let's make this a little bit easier. Um, is he going to have a higher peak than Elias? Oh man. Um, I think that's a easy yes. Elias um, got to the point of like we would have believed a main event feud. I would say I think he got that high. He didn't get that main event feud. I think he got to the point where we would have believed it. I mean, he was doing segments with The Rock, right? I mean, they they brought back Jeff Jarrett just to do a couple of weeks of segments with Elias. Yeah, that's fair. I just fun with it. I think Elias is super charismatic. Um, we're, we're still waiting to see how this, uh, the, the, the end of Elias develops, but, um, I was never that enamored of his, like the way he set up his, um, um, like res wrestling recipe. It never felt like his moves were really that, you know, like it didn't really shine for me. He had the drift away, which uh, it was kind of a, I don't know, uh, crossroads or whatever it was. He had the running knee, but I, I never felt like like wrestling was, you know, like third or fourth on the priority list. The number one and two were entertaining and singing. Where at least it feels like with Boogs, um, if he's going to be allowed to keep showing off the power moves, and we know the dude's a workout machine, um, his wife and his hilarious Instagram videos can attest to, um, <laughs> where he's like, all right, honey, I'm doing 100-pound curls. Yeah! And you can hear her. As she saw the camera giggling in the background. Um, but I, I, it just feels like his matches are already more entertaining for me than Elias's. And, you know, to, you know, everybody has their own flavor of tea they like to get, you know, at Tivana. But uh, I don't know. It feels like the people are already kind of globbing onto this um, in-ring style. And they're definitely globbing onto his, you know, his entrance and his, his persona that he puts off. So I... I I'm really optimistic, man. I'm I'm feeling it tonight, and I I, I just wanted to make sure I also threw in um, a kudos uh, to our boy Dolph. But is that enough uh, waxing poetic about the Boogs Cruise? Well, I don't want to miss this note by Fethdar. He he needs to see Otis using the earthquake shake during his promos, like John Tenta used to. <laughs> um, Welcome back, Fethdar. <laughs> yeah, promo. glad to have you. Um, I, yeah, I, di I didn't want to miss that comment. <laughs> I, I am worried, you know, I, the Otis is, is slowly disappearing. But, um, you know, we talk about casting all the time. I, I would just yes. throw out there, um, you, you were comparing, you know, those three guys. And I think at, at one point or another, they were like on the top of our radar of like entertaining guys who show up uh, to do an entertaining promo first. And then the wrestling was kind of secondary. Uh, but the casting for Elias was good, but there isn't a lot of room for that character to really like mm, blow our socks off. Yeah, like he can't get as excited as Rick Boogs can. So you immediately right there have a guy who's cast perfectly, but he's also a cheerleader. I, I mean, it, I'm not I'm not demeaning his character in any way. He he absolutely is is doing the cheerleader job for for Nakamura out there. He's just doing it in a real badass kind of way. So he his whole character is getting the crowd riled up. So I think if anything, um, the I, I guess I brought up casting because all three of those guys are perfectly cast in the role they're in. 
but there's only one that is i guess can break the limitations of trying to like fit into that character and, and it's because boogs can just continue to be himself but just like half the character is him getting the crowd excited so he gets to cheat that way where elias was about being uh dismissive and pushing everyone away so it was pretty hard to get the crowd excited so i i think there's also that element is going to help rick boogs in the long run where um if if he's going to be rah rah it's not anything where we have to point and say it's corny we just he's it's already established that this is his character so it, it it's maybe going to be cheating but i think in the long run it'll work for him but yeah you're you're right we've been walking uh, talking a little too long about uh well just the last comment here. on casting um dozovich 300 pounds five foot ten Elias six foot, uh, about about two twenty, and Bugenhagen looks like he's six one, about two thirty four. So we know that Vince is trying to. And this is probably going to segue into our next uh, slot here. Is you know shape and size of who they want to cast on their shows. Uh, Boogs six uh, one, uh, about two, almost two forty. Um, definitely the shape that uh, they're looking for. Maybe a little bit taller, you know. But once you're above six foot, that's when uh, Vince's eyes start to, you know. Get that little glisten in them. Uh, but Matt, uh, yeah, we got a little NXT shake up here. You want to break that down for us real quick? Yeah, and just before we do, last point goes to Feth there again. We're going to definitely end the segment now. But it is interesting, um, the, the point he made. Pandemic killed Elias because he needs that audience. It's interesting that they made the decision right when the audience came back to have him bury, you know, bury the axe. I think part of it was because of Rick Boogs, but, you know. What was he supposed? To, what's he supposed to do now? <laughs> um, all right, but yeah, uh, two move on. Uh, let's talk uh, Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon taking over NXT. At least uh, what's been reported is all major decisions. So daily, they said day to day, still goes to Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Um, it just kind of sounds like they're in trouble. You know, you know what I mean? Like. No, no, you guys are keeping your your you know your day to day job. You're still going to see everybody. I'm not doing any of that grunt work. But if you have a huge major decision that that you need to make for one of these guys getting pushed or winning a championship or one of your shows you know ending a certain you know a certain way, that's got to go through the head honcho. Um, I. I think there's a couple of ways to look at this. I think this has happened to me at my jobs. And ultimately, ultimately what's happened is it just made me work a little bit harder to make sure that I wasn't hearing from my boss that things needed to be changed. So I'm not saying Triple H isn't working hard. I think I have always worked hard, but then I, I put in that extra time to make sure I wasn't hearing like, well, this thing you just worked on for a full week that's all garbage. You, you know, you, sh you should have come to the table with something better. This is what we're going to do. Um, and I think ultimately that's what, that's what this looks like to me. I don't, I don't know if we need to be too worried. Um, only because I, I guess, I guess we'll know quickly, right? We'll, we'll know once everything gets rolling and, um, you know, Champa becomes an escort uh, for, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to, you know, everybody's just going to be an escort for Walter in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's just going to have 14 little, you know, five foot eight guys walking him to the ring. <laughs> he's going to pat them all on the head as he walks in. 
Vince is going to go, that's yeah, he's my gonna, man. Yeah, he's going to have a lot of valets. It's going to start right. to look like that, uh, you know, the coattails of uh, Money Mayweather here in a minute. Um, but it's just weird that they are floating this out there because the only way it's going to get rumored is if WWE is putting the news out. Um, so obviously what they're trying to say is that, hey, if uh, NXT has not been tickling your fancy starting September 14th, now we're going to have Daddy home. Um, not, not the champa daddy. We're probably sending him away. Uh, big daddy's coming in and, uh, we're going to change the way that, uh, the NXT broadcast is done. So this is kind of like for me when they bring in a new general manager and, you know, if things suck, well, uh, change the general manager. So I think for them to say that, you know, Vince is going to start, um, curating NXT again, um, in some way. You know, maybe it's going to be a little bit of a of a departure from relying on the you know the the work rate guys and more on being this this might be the starting point of where they think they're going to have that you know magical run where you know Batista, Cena, and, and Orton sized humans are you know uh, uh, going from green to yellow bananas um, in the ring. Um, and they get away from the guys who are, you know, indie darlings or guys who are, you know, five foot ten, uh, buck eighty, you know, uh, two hundred five live weights. Um, yeah, I guess I'm interested to see who they put on that show. Um, Matt, as as far as you know, who's currently on the NXT roster? Um, you know, this this definitely feels like goodbye to Adam Cole <laughs> with Vince taking over NXT. Um, you know, because he's you know not the not the largest dude of all time. That's you know not really his role. Um, is there anybody on that current NXT men's roster that you think is going to make this cut, like the Vince cut? Well, again, I I still we don't know that that's happening because they just let if it is happening. I mean, they're rolling into it with Champa going over. Uh, Ridge Holland, then that would be the name that I would go. Yep, that's that's the guy that needs to start eating up uh, victories because he's, you know, he's going to be taken over. Um, you got to think. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but he he's definitely ripped, and uh, you know more so than like an Adam Cole. But La Knight definitely stands out to me. Um, See, I thought you were going to go Loomis with your first pick because I thought he was this kind of the size that, that Vince likes. Uh, likes I think Loomis support. works. Um, he's not on my list that I'm looking. Because it doesn't right feel now, like so this I is the. Because how does that like how does a Cameron Grimes fit into that? Because we know he's not Vince shaped. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if if we're defining it as it has to fit the Vince label, uh, I just don't like. I said, I I I, I don't know what he's going to do to NXT. Um, I think that would mean Cameron Grimes is out, right? I mean, either that or we're changing what it means for 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 what Vince wants to see. Um, I mean, there's a reason that Damian Priest didn't stick around in NXT. Um, he's a big boy. I got to Yeah, you know, for me it feels like they want to bring in, you know, like I mentioned um um, you know, that that class of Batista, Orton and Cena. But also, you know, maybe kind of like what they did with Bianca Belair. Because uh, we know she was more of, uh, gosh, she was like a world-class sprinter. I think she was like a P90X um, uh, demonstrator um, sure. in, in uh, contests and things like that. And then they turned her into a pro wrestler. So it feels like they're going to be doing less of taking a pro wrestler 
and making them a star and instead taking a, a big larger than life human and then you know kind of molding them into their their wwe product it feels like that's that's for me that's what that that's how i interpret that that change with vince well i'll finish off with this i, f I feel like um this is all happening because this is this is being or like all of these rumors started. This discussion that we're having right now is happening is because it's deemed a, a loss. They lost the the Wednesday Night Wars, you know, our our old segment. Um, and I think you'd have to try and connect the dots as to why that happened. And I I think it happened because NXT was sold as something smaller. So when they were getting less ratings and they weren't winning the war. I mean, they, they were in the performance center because they were trying to save money. Um, when NXT would come up to Raw and SmackDown, they'd have guys visit to try and get you interested in those characters. Uh, they'd lose on Raw and SmackDown to the Raw and SmackDown superstars because they're the main event. So we were led to believe that this was a lesser than product through kayfabe. And you even had like Karrion Cross even recently. Like that was a, that was kind of a bummer to happen. Even though Karrion, you know, got his way and now he's, you know, on WWE programming. There were always these instances that kept popping up that they kept telling you over and over this this is not you know, this is not WWE wrestlers. These these guys are are NXT wrestlers. They're little guys, they're not as good. And that's what they that's what they did and told you and I think that is why Ultimately, NXT failed. I think they had some huge opportunities uh, to have them probably move along with Raw and SmackDown and do some live shows with a bigger audience. And I think they had an opportunity to sell them when they were going up against each other for Survivor Series. And I, I think that was those were marketing opportunities that Vince couldn't get past. You know what his idea of the stronger pro wrestler should be. And instead of trying to tell an interesting story and have, you know, maybe it, maybe it truly was David versus Goliath and all those, even though at the time we were talking Keith Lee and Roman Reigns, um, even though we were doing that, uh, he just couldn't let go of what he had in his head. Like the, this, this is the team that wins and this team can try hard, but will lose. And um, I, I think a lot of that, you know, comes into play. And then you, you make the job of uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels that much harder to, to go week to week. And their job isn't only to make storylines that are interesting, but they're continually trying to build these guys up to be as good as AEW, as good as the main roster. And then whenever, you know, the real challenge would come, uh, they'd just get knocked right back down off of whatever pegs or, you know, holes they built to to stand on uh they'd get knocked right off and have to start from scratch again um or they they'd have guys get called up and they'd look like garbage when they moved up to the main roster there, there's so many different things that wwe kept telling us over and over that this is secondary you don't need to care about this because this is how we're booking it and that's the problem and unfortunately with vince getting more hands-on that if he is more hands-on again I'll, I'll put it that way then that does not bode well for this. It doesn't, we're not even getting NXT anymore. We're just going to get another thing that I don't like that'll probably be closer to Monday Night Raw than SmackDown. <laughs> Brace yourself. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I think we're ready, man. Are we ready to transition over to AEW? 
Uh, yeah, Feth Darius got the last point again. NXT got the push at the time of the Wednesday Night Wars, got some hand-me-downs like Balor and one Survivor Series, but lost the ratings, and now Vince is mad. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go back to the, the Survivor Series uh, part of it, and I think they could have done a better job selling NXT, and uh, that that win of Keith Lee over Roman Reigns would have been huge, and then the continued support after that where they were still bringing these guys in for the following december and january and that's where they went all right these guys are the little guys they're the joke and then that would have been you know that's where they really turned up the heat and had them lose continuous matches until it was something where we didn't even want to see nxt on the main roster anymore like that's that to me is is that the whole survivor series story is the the end of it the big conclusion and then losing the weeks after uh just to kind of make sure you knew nope these guys won but it was all you know they got lucky one night. Definitively, it's over. Right. Um, yeah, let's uh we can move on to AEW. Um actually uh let's let's do it this way. Oh man, That's Tony right. Khan funding that one, huh? That looks <laughs> good. Wish. Woo! Like that. Um Mike, we got a couple things to talk about before. We get into the match card, uh, but we are now talking AEW All Out. We'll be talking it for the rest of the show. Um, Mike, uh, Brian Danielson. I've heard Punk was uh, was on another podcast. Unfortunately, he couldn't. Uh, he, he didn't accept our invite this week. Um, <laughs> Weird. He, he was asked about uh, Brian Danielson coming to uh, to AEW, and Punk sat in his seat and this is like a zoom podcast podcast thing looked uh like he wanted to laugh and then he gave the comment that if he was going to come back to pro wrestling to make sure he fought someone there weren't a lot of names that would bring him back and this was one of them so he said does that answer your question basically saying yes he's coming you, you know still not giving dates as to when he's coming but he he came back, and the the answer, was, at least what he's saying, is that he came back because he knew he was going to get to fight with Brian Danielson again. So I I thought that was pretty cute. Um, and then he wanted to say too. I mean, this is this is huge for AEW. It's not just huge uh, that Brian Danielson is coming over. That the guy that I want to come over is coming over. But he said AEW is about to debut a guy who's at the Rus- was in the WrestleMania main event match <laughs> this past year. So he said if if uh you know if if things are changing like that's your cue, that's your sign when WrestleMania main eventers are coming over, no problem within the same year, boom. Um so Mike Tony yeah. Khan just a transition here before we get into the match card. This is kind of closer to the match card. Uh, he's teasing a surprise, so I'm I'm saving that as a segment. What are we getting as a surprise? You mean it all out? Yes. What did I say? Rampage, dynamite. No, you're good. Uh, 
I just hadn't seen the surprise uh, angle. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Daniel Bryan. Uh, we kind of talked. Oh, boy. So it's uh, Labor Day weekend here um, in Waterford. People see that as an opportunity to start firing off the fireworks. So they are they are going loud now. Um, or maybe they're just excited for Brian Danielson. Woo! This is our favorite part of the show. Light him up! Let's give us the American Dragon. Man, I, I don't know if Daniel's coming out or Brian's coming out, if only because, you know, we talked about you don't want to bust your whole load in one night. Um, so CM Punk gets his first match and Daniel Bryan returns. And let's get uh, Ruby Soho out there. And Adam Cole is going to help out the elite. He's going to come out from the bottom of the ring to help the Young Bucks keep their tag team titles. Who knows? Uh, you know. Um, and then the Fiend's going to descend um, and start a feud with Darby Allen in a hallway segment. Like, I, I hope that they kind of spread wealth a little bit. Don't give Chicago everything. Uh, give us a shot. You know, let's have something in Detroit. We like wrestling, too. Um, so I, I hope that they don't. I, I would I would book it where Brian is is not showing up because um, I want to be able to digest Punk without being like, well, glad that's over. Who's the next W X WWE guy coming in? You know, I'm I'm ready to be patient. So they, they have the to surprise. Book the, they have to book this to where we're we're at the point where we're going. Um, well, he hasn't shown up yet, so I I don't think he's showing up now. Like that's the point I think they need to get us to if they want it to be a surprise. Because if he comes, in they do out, they do they're... quarterly pay per views. It is mm -hmm. it is madness to bring him in this soon. I I would wait. Let's see him punk marinate. This is a crowd that's going to be you know cheering yeah. themselves horse sold out horse. See him punk chance, Matt. Um. Yeah, let's uh let's put I, I don't know, maybe the surprise is gonna be something that's not a WrestleMania main eventer coming over. Maybe this is where Soho comes in. Yeah. Because I know they gotta start bringing these people in. Ruby just had that really cool um I had that Ruby Soho song stuck in my head. I don't know if you saw her video where she's putting on like a cool leather jacket and she's putting some she's tagging the city. Um, saying the riot is over. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think would... that's that's something that people want, and uh, it'd be a little bit of a um, a lot of eyeballs, right, for CM Punk night, but not busting your load on Brian Danielson. Right, I, I think Ruby's number one on my list. Number two at this point would be, and I, I'm not sure about the 90 day thing, but um. This is where Wyndham Rotunda fits in because nobody's talking about him. They're only talking about Adam Cole, Ruby, and uh, Brian Danielson. So I, I like the idea of, of this being like the return of a fiend character. Uh, but I, I just don't know where that really fits in. I just like the nobody's thinking about him, and that's how you fit that in. Uh, Fethdar's thrown in there. It would be good to space it out, um, but are you are you paying him to sit at home? I. I would assume that this is working where they have like a handshake agreement and, and Brian is sitting at home with his kids. And when he's ready to start wrestling, you know, like uh, Brock Lesnar signs these contracts and he's got like nine matches or something throughout the year or something like that. You got to figure like he does that way ahead of time. We, we just don't know. We always pretend like, Oh, we got signed the day before SummerSlam or something like that. But I, you know they get they're getting paid for those they're actually performing at the show is my assumption is that does that sound about right mike only because 
we used to always hear CM Punk talk about like getting paid for WrestleMania and it depended on the buys. And then you actually had to fight in WrestleMania depending on where you were in the match card is how much you got paid. So I always assumed that once you started fighting, started wrestling, started performing, that's when you would get that money. So I think, I think it is uh, your first point. Absolutely. I, I think we're all in agreement. We want to space it out. And I do think that they only get paid after they've actually performed. I would say um, to that point, the only way I'd see Brian debuting is if, you know, and we're having this CM Punk love fest where he wins his first match and we're just CM Punking, CM Punking. And then Brian, who is so good, shockingly, for how much we love him at being a heel, uh, for him to come out and squash all that noise, um, you know, by like steel chairing uh, CM Punk into oblivion, into a bloody heap. Um, that that would be that. <laughs> that would be the only scenario where I see Brian debuting is if he comes out heel and just you know squashes our hopes and dreams um, for the good of the story, of course. Right. Um. So I I, I guess just to wrap that up. Um, God, I think I just do want CM Punk to, to end the night. I think I want Darby and Punk to be the main event. But I I know if CM Punk has a word, if he can, if he has a say, I think he's going to actually say, don't make me the main event, make the championship the main event. But um, no, who knows? All right, uh, Mike, la- quick question. Is there room for Malachi Black in uh, fucking All Out pay-per-view? Uh, you just mentioned four pay-per-views a year, and there's no Malachi Black. He's got to wait till Dynamite to... Well, you know, it's uh, <laughs> not a scenario he's unused to as a <laughs> That's what I was thinking. very unre- very recent WWE employee. Um, I, I got the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, somehow, star. somehow we found a way to omit Malachi from a pay-per-view card, but include not only 69-year-old Paul White... But also 75-year-old QT Marshall, who nobody wants to see on a pay-per-view card. So, I'm so sorry, Malachi. We love you. I, I don't know what else you got to do to get on the card. But it apparently wasn't enough. Um, we couldn't even get you on a, on the pre-show. I'm so sorry, man. Um, but, man, let's, let's maybe get into this card. Um, and if we're going to... Man, hot tag. Oh, I'm pulling up another thing. Yeah, oh, uh, Jesus, man. What are you I'm pulling up over there? Background. What are you pulling up over there? First, looking at you'll porn. See. You'll see. It's porn. Matt, what's your cat tag? Give me a match for Malachi that should have been on this card that isn't. Oh, I, I mean, you can take that dynamite match and throw it on there. Boom. We booked it. Come on, Tony. <laughs> Come on. All right. How do we want to do this AEW all-out card? Uh, um, well, I think uh, we'll start with the Casino Battle Royale. Let's uh, let's just like run through what all the matches are, and then I want you to start with the match you're most excited about. Here we go. We got a 21-woman Casino Battle Royale. Um, that's going to be in the pre-show, which stinks because I actually really like Battle Royales, even though some people don't. Um, Matt, we got... Paul White versus QT Marshall. John Moxley versus Kojima. Uh, pretty, that's going to be pretty fun. Matt, an AEW TNT championship match. Miro defending against Eddie Kingston. 
Matt, just a good old-fashioned, uh, I won't call it a hoss fight, because they're both just a shade under, well, maybe Andrade's about 220. Uh, Pac versus Andrade. Man, we got an AEW Tag Team Championship match in a steel cage, no less. The Bucks defending against the Lucha. Lucha. No, not like them. Man, Zero Miro. Lucha Bros. An AEW Women's Tag, uh, tag Team. AEW Women's Championship match. Uh, the Doctor, Britt Baker, DMD, against Statlander from another planet. Matt, maybe the end of Chris Jericho as we know it. He might just stick to the commentary table. Bleacher Report coming out with the article today. Why is Chris Jericho going back to the WWE? Just oh my God! What's up, Bleacher Report? Yep, it's we need to cancel that website. There we go. Jericho versus MJF. Matt Kenny Omega going against Christian Cage. The rematch everybody's been fighting for, uh, except for the bros of discussion. And then Matt in his return. To a wrestling ring. Matt, we were there at his final match in WWE at that famed Royal Rumble in 2013 when that jerk mayor of Tennessee, I can't remember if it's Knoxville or not, came clambering over the wall, eliminated CM Punk from the Royal Rumble. Matt, Punk is back to avenge that. He's going against another scary guy who uses face paint and masks at Darby Allen. Matt, which of these matches are you most excited for? Um... I mean, I'm going to not say CM Punk and Darby You Allen, can say so CM Punk. You can pick whatever you want, buddy. That, I'm gonna you, say... Just not Paul White versus QT, please. <laughs> uh, when I went, when I built out the, the notes for this and was going through the card, I think I'm most excited for Chris Jericho and MJF. I think All that right. one, like, they, they're doing something here at the end of this card, the second half of this card, where everything is interesting. Um, and I think... I think the first half of the card that we went through, I think I, I think we'll get some good wrestling. I think we'll get some good entertainment. But it's the second half of this card is just a fucking banger. I, I think every ending is intriguing. I, I want to see the end of all these matches. It's not going to feel like, oh, God, another one. It's going to be like, holy fuck, we have to see who's going to win. Is somebody going to come out after the punk match? Is, is Britt Baker going to have to go, you know, nose to nose with Ruby Soho at the end of this? Like, I... There's there's so much intrigue at the end of all these matches. Uh, I, I, it's just it's so exciting. And um, for the others, it's just kind of like the match is going to happen. I have a pretty good idea of who's going to win. There's a good idea that the shoulds and the going tos actually match. Um, so yeah, um, I just what's but, the best case know. scenario for the match you're most excited about then? Jericho and MJF. Well, everybody, you can go listen to last week's episode. Uh, best case scenario, MJF pulls one out. Gets I shouldn't say pulls one out. Finishes finishes him off. I disagree. If he, if he pulls it out and hits Jericho in the face with it and still beats him, that would be quite a moment, man, in AEW history. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think that's ultimately what we want, right? We, we don't want to see the end of Chris Jericho. But I think the more chaotic and better story is MJF kicks Chris Jericho to the curb. I think if I, I, I hearken it to if you're sitting in the tub uh, with candles and you think you hear somebody getting in the house and that 
that sound, that doubt where you're like, oh, shit. That would be um, like MJF winning. But if it's just like a cat, you know, knocking something over in your living room, then you can kind of settle back into the tub. And that would be Jericho winning. So I think for that panic where you're leaping out of the tub going, oh, my God, and telling everybody, that would be MJF. That would be incredible heat for that guy to have for the rest of his career that he retired the mighty Chris Jericho. Um, I I think that if they let Jericho even this out, that is just a huge missed opportunity. Like, give MJF that, that jewel, you know, in his wrestling crown where he retired Jericho. That that would be something that he could brag about forever. Um, and you, you only, you're only going to get one shot to do that. And if you, you know, play even Stevens, uh, it's okay, but it's it's kind of like that Will Ferrell Stranger Than Fiction when uh, Will Ferrell ends up surviving in the end, where it's, it's a pretty good movie, but it's not like a timeless, unforgettable classic of tragedy is should MJF come out on top. That's what they need to do, man. And, uh, well, let's, let's do this. Uh, Fethdar's pick, uh, was, is the CM Punk match. So, <clears throat> Fethdar, you, you type up what, uh, how, how you would book the ending to this. But the more that I've had time to think about this, um, I, I think that I would actually, I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna let Darby Allen take this one, Mike. Um, I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of respect um, coming from CM Punk to everybody that's in this uh, in this organization, and uh, not to say like there there'd be. I mean, are, are there a lot of guys that come you know go from business to business and pro wrestling and just kind of take a dump on everybody? No, but um, I, I think he actually wants to come into this business and he knows what it takes for them to grow, and I don't think he's thinking CM Punk needs to come in and get a victory because I. I've proved that I am a ticket. I prove that I can do, you know, get this crowd. Just, I can get the world to go insane just from hearing my entrance theme. And I think what would be the, the best way to serve the rest of this roster is not necessarily for him to continuously lay down for everybody, but right off the bat, I think it would be okay if we had CM Punk go down to Darby Allen. And I think the crowd would absolutely eat it up. I, I, I think we have a very smart crowd that would understand what was going on. And I think if they started to sell that Darby was like scratching and crawling back into the match and building some momentum to get the win over f fucking CM Punk, I think they would go apes. It would be like Jungle Boy uh, winning that battle royale uh, a couple of months ago over Christian. Um, that That would be, that's the way to book that match is to have him scratch and crawl you know, or claw, crawl, claw his way uh, to victory. Uh, Mike, who you got? Uh, I think that might have been pitched in the writer's room, but absolutely not. This is in Chicago. This is Punk's first match. He's absolutely going over in this one. Um, you are right. This is a smart crowd. This is a Chicago crowd. This is a crowd that bleeds wrestling. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where Pro Wrestling Tees is headquartered, by the way. Um but, I mean, this is easy peasy. I don't think you want that crowd, you know, after the match doing a polite applause and saying, you know, that it kind of makes sense because Punk is out there. You know, he's just trying to get young talent over. I think you just want crowds going. I didn't going... ask for a polite applause. I Matt, wanted a, Matt wanted a collective golf clap from uh, the 20,000 ticket holders there in Chicago. Um, 
Matt wanted uh, everybody to have roses uh, throwing up at the crowd, some streamers, you know, uh, everybody bending the knees, saying a prayer. Uh, no, that's not what's going to happen. They they want to highlight. Oh, okay. They, they want to highlight, Matt. They got a they got Tell this huge shiny toy. They got a guy who left WWE, gave WWE the finger. Matt, this guy is a symbolic entity where he can, you know, be. Oops. Like a, a huge megastar, and I, I think you could start that out not not by having him show up on you know the Bleacher Reports and the ESPNs with he came up just a little bit short in his first match, and maybe he doesn't really have it, but gosh dang, man did he get over Darby Allen? No, this this is <laughs> Darby Allen doesn't really need to win matches anymore. He he just he just needs to go out there and put his body on the line, and we just go, man, what a tough son of a bitch, which he is, and he's gonna do. Um, this is all about Punk um, establishing himself um, in the public sphere again. And uh, easy peasy, Matt. Give me Punk uh, with the one, two, three on this one. I'll, I'll finish it off, too, because I, I, I like what Fethdar's got here. Is, uh, it's, it's just about the intrigue of seeing if Punk still has it and how prepared is he. Um, so the idea, I'd kind of jump on top of that and kind of continue, like... Uh, I guess uh, a different version of fantasy booking this, uh, not necessarily my fantasy, but just if this isn't the end of the night, if this is in the middle of the night and the intrigue really is just seeing CM Punk. I think we're all on board with Darby. So I, I think there's a good shot that this gets some 50-50 booking mixed in. Uh, nobody really loses. CM Punk comes close or Darby comes close and somebody interferes with the match. Maybe that's where there's a new person coming into play, but maybe it's just about booking the continued storyline for Punk and Darby. And that's more important than having one of them lose this match. And maybe not the, I mean, continued stories for them separately. So somebody is going to interfere and, um, you know, start a new feud with one of the two. I, I, I can imagine that could be the more important thing is uh, they're, they're taking a look like, yes, yeah, CM Punk just needs to go out you there. Know, boom. Mission accomplished. Yeah. And then part two is figuring out what we're going to do with CM Punk after that, which no, you could figure out on dynamite or rampage. But um, you know, the idea here is everybody's watching all out and they're going to need some reasons to continue to watch AEW. Yeah. So Let's well, give I think some that good reasons. Yeah, I think that 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 point just talked me out of Brian uh, debuting because if ultimately you know Punk still has to win, this is Chicago, this is his first match. We have to see if he still got it. Um, a lot of pressure on AEW to sign this guy and not feel like, oh fuck, what did we do? We gave him like how much money over how many years? Oh no. Um, but if we're also going to say, all right, Darby Allen is, you know, one of the young faces, I don't think that you're telling that story of Darby Allen being one of the young faces if he loses to Punk and then we immediately have Brian Danielson come out. <laughs> so um, I, I, I think I'm going to say right here, right now, no, there's, there's no Brian interfering in this. That's you can't, you can't give all those people uh, the right rub if you keep throwing in new, new, new faces. No, this this is going to be Darby looking tough in defeat, and this is going to be Punk uh, getting getting started with a victory. So, um, Mike, uh, do you want to 
You've got Can I say the match that I'm, I'm bummed about, and I shouldn't be because I really love these two performers, is yeah. Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Um, when we look at the top of the card, and by top I mean like matches we're most excited about, like Punk and Darby in just a couple of weeks have sold something intriguing. I mean, obviously CM Punk, you know, his return. But Darby too, um, being in that high-pressure, high-stakes bout where – you got to be there to kind of carry punk. Uh, but you also got to be there to kind of represent AEW's young talent, right? Yeah. That it's not just going to be a guy who um, stands by the wayside as ex WWE guys get, you know, more television time. It's a lot of pressure on Darby. Um, we talked about Jericho and MJF. Um, you know, this is just a feud, no gold on the line. It's, it's just a story between two guys with a, um, a personality clash. But the Baker and Statlander, it they do this to the women every time. There's no storyline here. This is just, well, Statlander kind of sort of made her way up the rankings. She won like three matches on Dynamite in the past couple months. So now it's her turn for musical chairs. And um, it's such a bummer because I, I really love Statlander. She's you know got a lot of personality. I think people look forward to her boop, or at least I do. And I'm going to speak for everyone else. Uh, we look forward to the boop. Um, she, she's really like physically talented. Um, love her look. Let me know how good B Baker is. She's arguably the best female wrestler in the world, and it's, it's just kind of a bummer that they didn't like let these women kind of bump into each other a couple times and you know um, grow some animosity between each other. This is this is a gentlewoman's contest, and it's like the worst way to book a championship match. I guess. Uh, it, it, it ruins it only because it's fun. I'm going to bring up why, you know, why I was excited for this match, but ruins it. Cause we know how this is going to end, but that's where I think there is still intrigue in this because we, we are so sure that Britt Baker's coming out of this, that they're going to take that statement she made on dynamite about the new free agent signing. And they're going to spin that on her. And that's where Ruby makes her debut so i think that's where i'm still excited for this and i can't wait for the end of this match is what i said earlier i didn't necessarily you know i, I think it'll be a good wrestling match because you've probably got um i mean statlander was my favorite once aew started so to me i think you've got the two best uh women right now that that, that can go um for this company i i just yeah like you said the the actual intrigue of who's gonna walk away with the title is gone but the you know if you want to consider this a segment you want to say like the booking of this segment or wherever you want to describe how pro wrestling works for a, an actual show to go start to finish um there's a lot of potential here for that surprise that tony khan's teasing to happen at this moment and um who's to say there's only one surprise all night so you know you got ruby here you got um uh daniel bryan coming out against uh, cm punk and then you could you know have another woman debut at the 21 woman casino battle royale and uh you know let's just bring in like six or seven people in this show and we'll really sell it for people to tune in and dynamite on wednesday <laughs> um but yeah that that's where my head's at i i think this is the the ending to this is so it's in stone that something interesting has to happen for us to go. All right. Yeah. I want to see what happens next with Britt Baker. Yeah. I, I just wish that we were more excited for the match and not in the aftermath. 
Um, I guess they, the mat, this, the match I'm uh, probably goof. There's yeah, there's there's three that I'm kind of bummed about. This one I'm, I know it's still going to be a good wrestling match. Omega versus Christian Cage. That one just seems like the most foregone conclusion of all time. There's absolutely no way that Christian Cage is winning two championships from Kenny Omega and Christian Cage being anointed as um, the Almighty, uh, you know, akin to, you know, Bobby Lashley running the company, running multiple companies at this point with Impact and AEW. Um, So this, for me, is like the toughest match to really, um, you know, like conjure up the... uh, the old wrestling juices for so i think knowing that these two have already recently gone at it for a belt and knowing that the outcome is pretty pretty guaranteed i mean the gambling i haven't looked up the gambling odds on this one but i i, I gotta think christian is a close, massive yeah. massive underdog um i think that's the best case matt um the most intriguing discussion point for this is moving this match away from being the main event I think Punk and Darby or Jericho and MJF are far more deserving um, than this rematch. I think they've done that a lot too. They've they've definitely handed over a lot of main events to Chris Jericho, even when he's not champion. So I think I think there's um, I think they know what they've got in CM Punk. I mean, it's it's been seven years. I, I think that'll be the main event. Um, but that doesn't mean that Adam Cole doesn't fit in at the uh, you know the end of the match. I, mean, I just we just gave all the rules. As to why Ruby's going to debut at the end of the Britt Baker match. So this one's locked in. It's in stone. So, of course, uh, you know, we got to get some uh, some Bullet Club fighting going. And uh, guarantee Adam Cole's coming. All right. Um, what am I looking up? I was looking up the uh, all-out odds. But, you know, we've already settled on... Um... <laughs> we've already settled that, you know, Kenny's going over um i'm still bringing it up who cares i mean there was roughly let's just say this matt there's like maybe two segments like totaling like seven minutes between andrade and Pac, um interacting with each other and it's they'd already turned it into a match that i want to see so it it, all they had to do was something along those lines for statlander and Britt baker um to get me more excited for this clash but um like pivoting over to Pac and andrade i'm those couple interactions got me excited to see them fight. Um, we know Andrade is the big showman, the guy who likes, uh, you know, taking a little siesta between the ropes uh, versus Pac, the, you know, uh, pound for pound, most violent man in the AEW employee. Um, I- I'm really excited to see these two go at it. It's it's such a treat that they're going to get, you know, um, you know, a television showcase that they never would have got uh, for their old employer. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'm a big mark for Pac and I, I can't wait to see this one. And, uh, just so everybody knows, Kenny has the best odds of the entire night to win, to walk away with a victory. So there you go. Yeah. You maybe uh, put a dollar Christian cause you might win a million dollars, uh, <laughs> but you're going to lose a dollar just so you know. If, yeah, if you bet a dollar on Christian, what do you win? You win you'll get $3.50. Okay. Yeah. But I think you only get 60 cents if Kenny wins. So you get, you know, oh. you get your dollar, you get your dollar, but um, yeah. okay. Um, where are we at? We 
talked, uh, we got some championship matches. We got Punk out of the way. We got Jericho out of the way. We've got the AEW Women's Championship talk discussed. Um, did we touch on the tag team championship match? Take it away. I, I mean, this is going to be a great wrestling match, but um, I to go back to how much story is mixed in here, I think there's a legacy between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Um, it just seems kind of weird that it, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess they can just figure this feud at any time at any point can for i say you I, yeah you're i think you're right on the money with that because the guy with the most heat um like crowd wise would have been jungle boy it's insane that but man if we're gonna do like a, a lottery uh draft of guys who are how are they not on the card how is malachi black not on the card and how is jungle boy not on the card um when lucha bros went over jurassic express jurassic express i was stunned because i i Thought that would be easy bunny and an easy rooting interest for this crowd. It's not that people don't like Lucha Bros, but I mean, Jungle Boy is like white hot lightning right now. Like people love that song, they love that entrance. Um, the dude's just running on all cylinders right now. It's it's kind of madness to me to not see him on the card. Yeah. So uh, I I I think that this match there's there's just a little something missing because I know watching enough AEW that you know we're this close to getting Jungle Boy in this match and. Uh, feels like a feels like a little blemish on the card, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I guess j just to talk about the match itself, because I completely agree with everything you said. Uh, I mean, this is another instance where we're going to get good wrestling. I think the Young Bucks should go over, and um, you know, we'll walk away and not be thrilled with it. I think the two of us, but I mean, we're uh, about to see Ray Phoenix do some crazy shit off the top of a steel cage. So I mean, right. you're right. It's going to be entertaining, but Whew, we all said jungle boy doing it. And I, I don't know. He's, he's just, he's doing something right. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he's one of those young talents that we're excited about. And, uh, you know, we're kind of, kind of getting the short end here. We don't get to see him. All right. So the last, uh, any, Last matches you want to touch on before we sail off? Uh, Moxley and Kojima. I think that's a match that's bigger for other folks. You and I don't have a lot of exposure or experience with Kojima. I'm sure it's going to be violent and exciting. Um, the less said about Paul White versus QT, the better. Um, the Casino Battle Royale. I I'm excited to watch that, but if it's if that's where they debut Soho. I'll grind my molars and accept it. I just, I didn't want to see her on the pre-show. I wanted to see her invade Britt Baker's world. Uh, but maybe I'll just have to be a little bit more patient with that. Um, but a match that I think could quietly uh, make some noise is Miro versus Eddie Kingston. Um, Miro's, he's, he's really finding his stride as this uh, God's chosen wrestler as he uh, foe uh, embraces his inner, uh, uh, Christianity uh, it really makes it part of his heel character, which is is hilarious to me in a way. Uh, Kingston also um, unshy about you know his um, uh, you know re religious affinity. Um, he's usually got the cross on his neck. He comes out to a church organ. Um, I, I'm I'm pretty excited for this match too. And again, this is one that it had just just a touch of uh, interaction between the two. Yeah, um, the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think that was enough. And, um, yeah, this, this match is going to get the crowd 
interested. Um, Miro, he's he's doing justice with the TNT Championship in Kingston. I mean, the guy could do no wrong. So I'm really excited for this. Matt, I think before we uh, pull away from this card, um, I got a hot tag. Uh, just want to hear one answer from you and then one follow-up question. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, final prediction. What pulls the curtain and what closes the show? Um, Pulse the Curtain is going to be that steel cage match. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, closes the show. Like I said before, CM Punk, Darby Allen. I like it a lot. I, uh, if I were booking this show, I would probably put Punk and Allen last. Um, if you really want to make uh, Darby go and look like a superstar, absolutely put him in a main event with CM Punk. CM Punk's first match in seven years, bud. That's that's you. You're going to be out there with all those eyeballs. Um, and pulling the curtain as far as a fun match that I think the crowd would be, um, you know, really invested in and, and loud for. I think your cage match is great. Uh, I'm going to try not to be on the coattails of that one. So uh, give me Miro and Eddie Kingston. That's. An, I mean, if you want to go by like the dynamite formula too, I, I wouldn't. Uh... I wouldn't be surprised to see Moxley and Kojima open the show too. It seems like a good way to get people that are are just tuning in to be like, holy shit, look at that. You know, you get to see the party of, uh, I mean, you're basically starting the show with a party of having John Moxley come to the ring. Uh, Fethdar's got uh, MJF and Jericho ending the night. Um, that's something to me too. I think, I think there's a good space for that with, with this. If it is, if it does end the night, Jericho is losing that match and he's going away, right? Like uh, yes, if if that ends the night and Jericho wins, I think they're I think they're missing like what would be the big moment. Um and I think the big moment would be saying goodbye to Jericho or celebrating with CM Punk. I think th- those are the two big moments, right? That you want to you want to end the show. And the only other thing that would be bigger than those two is debuting someone else. So, I mean, like, we know Kenny Omega is going to win. I don't think there's going to be a huge celebration with the fans and Kenny Omega. So you you have these different spaces where if these matches don't go the way that we think they're going to go, that's where I think you fit in whoever Tony Khan has up his sleeve as the big surprise, as he alluded to earlier this week. I think I'm busted open. Um, I... Uh, yeah, it, it, that that's that's where you want to send the fans home happy or excited for Dynamite and people who are just now checking it out because Punk's back. They need something too. That's where I think there is still a lot of potential for Daniel Bryan because all, all the people that are CM Punk fans are also Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, American Dragon fans. Um, so. I, I think there's still a good possibility of that where they really want to sell it to these folks and be like, you are, you have a wrestling show now. If you like CM Punk, it's, it's on Wednesdays. Um, and I, I, I would hesitate that Adam Cole does the same thing only generationally. I think there's a small gap between the two, the two guys. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's still a good space for, for Adam Cole as well. But uh, yeah, you want to end the night sending everybody home happy feel like AEW has done a really good job of that. Even in the pandemic pay-per-views, they've done a good job of sending us home with, you know, that feeling of like, oh my God, I love pro wrestling. So 
I have all the confidence in the world. We're going to get this when they're saying this is the biggest pay-per-view in AEW history. That's what Mark Henry kept saying throughout Rampage tonight. So I'm using that. I'm going to put a lot of confidence on Mark Henry's words <laughs> and Tony Khan's teases and CM Punk's words that this is truly is the biggest pay-per-view AEW's had so far. And I'm going to trust that the end of the night is going to be mind-blowing. That might have been just a rib at uh, Paul White's ex expense. It's going to be the biggest show AEW's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he was in the background going. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Well, um, we'll be there. Uh, we'll, we'll figure something out and get that watched. And uh, we'll be live tweeting that mother. Um, very excited for that show, Matt. All right, everybody. Uh, we went pretty long here. Uh, Matt's going to be still editing this to put out the podcast for a little bit. So Matt's going to have a terrible Saturday. But uh, I hope you all have a great weekend. That's when you'll be listening to this. Hopefully you guys will catch our, our preview before. <laughs> I, I hate when we do this because the life the lifespan of these episodes, where they're mostly revolving around a pay-per-view that's in a day or two. <laughs> we get like zero listeners. Fastar, I see, I see your, uh, I see your message there. Later, dude. Amy, thank Later. you so much. Um, everyone, have a nice night, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.